2: Welcome to Just Think, the podcast. This is Holly. And Amy. And Kristen. And today we have another Kristen with us. Kristen Woodruff is someone that we wanted to connect with and connect our audience with as well because she has a compelling story that's not too far off from others that we have shared over the last two and a half years since we started the podcast. Um, But it's a story of medical freedom of having a great awakening, and then using what you've learned to make sure others know too, which as you guys know, if you've ever listened to our podcast, that's what we're about. We want, as we're on a journey to discover the truth together and to really hash things out and to figure some things out, expose corruption, and to help people live in better health and wellness, then that's what we're going to do. And we knew that... Kristen Woodruff would be a great addition to our lineup today because it's someone that you're probably going to want to start following on social media on Instagram. You may know her as awake nurse mama and Kristen says she was fired into freedom and we know quite a few people who were also (laughs) fired into freedom over the last few years when mandates came along, especially for our medical community or, um, uh, federal employees and the military. We we know countless stories of people who were they. The federal government tried to coerce into getting a vaccine that was not. And honestly, we don't even call it a vaccine anymore. Um, but it was not tested for safety and effect and, and effectiveness. Certainly not long. I mean, it wasn't tested long enough. And it what and what they did know, what we now know that Pfizer knew about these shots or their shots was that they knew they weren't safe or effective. And yet here we are. So today, Kristen, thank you so much for being us. We want you to kick us off here with just telling us what you were doing. I've known NICU nurse, right, for 10 years. What you were doing the moment you found out you were going to have to get a vaccine. What ensued after that?
3: Okay, so it was 2021, like the beginning of 2021, that they kind of came out with it, you know, I think January. Yeah, Yeah. that's when they started pressing the mandates and I was working part-time I was pregnant with my third child and I was told that after I got you know after I delivered or whatever that summer when I had her that I would have to come back to work but I would also need to take the shot and um, if I didn't then you know we had a certain amount a window of time to take it before you were put on or whatever the it was like a some type of discipline thing that you were put under and then eventually terminated. Um, but we did have in North Carolina, that's where I live. We have um, religious exemptions available, which is nice. Thank God. Um, so I submitted one and they denied my first one to the, it was actually a hospital. I really don't care. It's a UNC hospital. So it's a big system here. Um, so I submitted the first one and they denied it. And then they told me I need to resubmit it if I wanted to, you know, not have to do it. And so I resubmitted and they approved the second one. I had to like word it differently. It was really weird because why would that matter if it's religious freedom, you know? <laughs> anyway, yeah. so they are very particular about these exemptions. And I I just put up there, like I resubmitted it. Someone actually had to help me because they were like, okay, well, this one was approved. So they sent me there so I could kind of like, you know, look at it and reword mine and so they approved the second one and then um I had my daughter I was on maternity leave for three months which obviously is another whole long story of how short that is (laughs) um so I was really not wanting to even really like work a lot anyway I was still going to go back part-time and this is more like a level two to like a level two NICU I worked level three and four most of my career but this is more like a transport kind of position where like if a baby was sick we would transport them we would stabilize them so that's kind of what my role was to attend deliveries and stuff like that um and I you know I love doing that I did I really did love and I love Nikki. I love a lot of things about it but there's a lot of things I don't love anymore either um so I was like just you know I was like there's no way I'm doing what what they're asking me to do and then whenever they approved the second when I came back to work they finally did approve that second religious exemption and then I came back to work and they told me but there's an you know there's these circumstances because you're not going to take it that you have to do to keep your job and I was like what like are you serious and they were like yeah you're gonna have to get tested two days a week on your days off and I was like I have to drive I mean because I live 30 miles away I said I have to drive here two days a week with a newborn on my days off to get tested to keep my job and they were like, yes, there's no other, like, there's nothing else. This is, this is it. Either that or you're going to get terminated. And at first I was so scared. I was like, okay, what do I do? Cause my husband and me, he was under a lot of pressure at his job too at the time because he's military and it was not a good time at all for many, many people, not just me. Um, so we were both facing like, obviously complete loss of jobs. if We didn't make decisions. Um, so he was like, well, you can, you know, just, I, I went ahead and got tested a couple times, but it was horrible. I was like, this is pure torture. This is abuse. They were doing the swabs that, and I even got into it with the nurses and employee health really bad, like got into very severe arguments with them. I told them what they were doing was abuse. And I told them that what, if they actually had any morals about them or beliefs that were more so than the system that was in place, you know, I just kind of got into it deep with some of these people trying to wake them up and be like, do you see what you're doing to people? And a lot of them didn't like it. Like they knew that it was not nice. And like, it was obviously abuse to do this to all the unvaccinated nurses and, and not just nurses, sorry, it was all healthcare people in this hospital that had to face the same like stipulation.
2: And, well, um, listen, can I ask you yeah. real quick, too, just to go back for a second? What, Why did you refuse the COVID-19? I mean, you were a medical professional, right? Right. And had you gotten flu shots? I had, yes,
3: unfortunately. Okay.
2: Right. Yeah. Well, now you know better and we can do better. Yeah. All of us, right. All of us now right. know better and can do better. But but at that time, so it wasn't like you'd ever bucked the system until this point, right? This was like, this is my line in the sand. Mm-hmm. I've complied with all your other rules. I'm not going to comply with this one first. So it wasn't like you had a history of bucking them on anything. Mm-hmm. Right? It's like no. this is not. I don't I trust the safety of this. I don't have any reason to trust the safety of this. Therefore, I'm rejecting the shot. Is that kind of where you were? Yeah. Yeah, okay. definitely.
3: I, um, my eyes were opened in 2020 somewhat to what was going on through social media, which is okay. amazing. Um, you know, I had been just researching and for. You know, that whole year after it started, there was a lot going on. I actually moved back from Hawaii in 2020 because the mandates were insane there. My husband's military, so we moved back to North Carolina. And in Hawaii, I saw how tyrannical it was. And -hmm. that kind of, like, woke me up a little bit. I mean, it was very slow. Trust me, this was not, like, an overnight, like, oh, I understand all of this. It was a process. Gotcha. Um, and I started finding out about like frontline protocols and stuff like that and how they were denying access to care to patients of certain treatments, um, ivermectin and stuff like that. And I was very upset about that. I did not like that. None of that aligned. And I was like, we're supposed to be helping people. We're not helping them at all. We're letting people just, you know, we're telling them to stay home until they can't breathe. Just all, none of it made sense. And so, you know, I hope most people would have critical thinking skills like this, but I don't know, you know, that a lot of people didn't, they just didn't. It was like a brainwashing, like I've never seen. Um. So a lot of people didn't like that, that I was speaking out at work too. Even before I left for maternity leave in 2021, I was saying things to my, like my other nursing staff and people. I was like, are you really going to go along with this? You know, like, are you not questioning this? Are you not like looking at what's going on? Like, this is just came out and they haven't even researched it. Like there's nothing, and you just start questioning it all, and you're just like, "Are you?" And a lot of them would just say, "No, we're not going to question it. Like we're just going to do it to keep our job."
2: So there were, oh god, that's, well, see, that's- how- Go ahead, Kristen. wasn't no but- hers.
1: <laughs> and this is what happened to me. Um, that I. I, luckily I was not in the hospital system, but I think that we've always talked about, we, we keep bringing this up that like the silver lining to all of this is that it really has awakened us to a lot, a, a lot. And I had already always had like gut feelings. Like I did not get the flu vaccine. I always, you know, declined it until they truly, truly made it, you know, mandatory. Although now I know I could have fought back, but you know, I was like, fine. That was like before I left. But that was also with, uh, look, that was even with H1N1. (sighs) Anyway, I got that vaccine, y'all. Because that was like, and that was like when I was pregnant. And so this is where I'm like, what was I thinking? Okay, anyway, um, we can't keep kicking ourselves. But it does just, it, it just makes you question when you, what made me question it was the rushing of it. They're not studying it. They're telling you it's safe and effective. And they only studied it for a couple months. And everybody's just believing it. It's one thing to blindly follow and blindly believe that the, you know, the flu vaccine's effective or these childhood vaccines are safe and effective because this just is what we've always been told. And supposedly they had tested them for, for years, you know, and I just trusted that. That's what we learned in nursing school. It's what we learned, you know, what our doctors go by. But now with this one, I was like, wait a minute, you can't just sit here and throw this at the entire world and it's brand new technology. And brand new, like that did, and and like you said, Kristen, to your point, the other thing that really woke us up, me and Amy, I remember us specifically talking about this, were when they were shutting down doctors who were actually treating people, early treatment, they were surviving, they were working, and instead of applauding them and saying, oh my gosh, what are you doing, let's incorporate that into our protocols, they shut them down and censored them and, and just like, and ridiculed them. And it was like gaslighting at its finest. I was like, wait a minute, this is bizarre. I've never seen this before. So I guess that's where you, you know, where you were and except you were actually in the system. And then did this start waking you up to other things? Oh, what, they were making you get tested. When you said it was abuse, are you talking about what they were making you do? Obviously coming in mm-hmm. a couple of days a week, or were you talking about the physical shoving it up your nose? We'll or say. And so then also mentally- that doesn't Right. Yeah, mentally
3: yeah. and physically, it was a beast. I feel very strongly that it was because it was, the uh, like, the nasal swabs that were extremely painful. And um they went really far up your nose. And a lot of them would even, like, it seemed like some nurses that were doing the testing, it was more so, like, aggressive, you know. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I was like, you know, I mean, I would get really angry when I was there. Really angry. And I would well, be like, I'm not continue
2: we so, saw yeah. it online, right? We saw it online. And then again, kind of going back to social media. I mean, you can't trust everything that you see on social media. Everybody knows that. But I think that social media, there were people sharing their real stories like you, Kristen, on social media that was waking people up. It's hard to argue with someone's testimony about what they just went through, right? And and what we were seeing, we would also see nurses and doctors, uh, a doctor in particular that was in Wilmington's hospitals basically said F the unvaccinated on Twitter. Well, if that's your, if that is your, if that is the way you're going to approach, if you really believe that, and remember Jimmy Kimmel saying, you know, rest in peace, wheezy, to all the, if you're unvaccinated, these idiots, they were just ignorant. They were so ignorant, but so confident, so yeah. confident in that ignorance. And we saw that the animosity and the hate that started getting spewed at those of us that were saying, hold on, I don't trust this. Mm-hmm. And I, I want to ask so many of those people now, you, you still go with you still go with that position? Because even this morning, I sent Kristen and Amy, you know, a post from a childhood friend who's a nurse. She's in charge of a lot of nurses here in, in where I live. And um, she was talking about the importance of vaccinations and how proud she was to administer all those COVID-19 vaccines. And there's a picture of her giving it to her dad. And it breaks my heart because I'm like, if if you still don't see, I like I don't know what to do for you. If you still don't see this wasn't what we were told, you know, I, I can give grace to people for that first, that first window of real uncertainty. But when facts upon facts upon facts. What one in four people know someone vaccine injured by COVID nineteen shots, and that isn't that right, Kristen? When that like the the poll was like one in four of us. Yeah, yeah, I can't remember, but it's. I mean, it's it's a if you got probably
1: more than that. I mean, I think it's more than that if they really admitted it, right? (laughs) they Really thought about it. Or how
0: many people do you know that have been vaccinated that, um, just all of a sudden, mysterious things are cropping up in their health. Mm-hmm. weird. Right. And you're not, you know, a lot of people will sit there and they'll be like, Oh, I'm just older now. Or, Oh, it's this. Oh, it's that. We're like, really? Cause like, we're noticing that lots of people are just having mysterious little yep. autoimmunes, little cancers, little aches, pains, whatever, like sicknesses that were not there prior to 2021. Mm-hmm. Yep. And think of all the people, you know, that are going through something right now that is, you know, started 2021 or after.
1: Yeah. Which does remind me to ask you, Kristen, were you there or did you leave before all of this? Because we've definitely seen the stats with the increase in stillbirths and um, bad maternal fetal outcomes, um, placental issues and all of that stuff. Like, were you there when all of that was um, coming to light? Because I've got people in different hospitals around around the country, not just here in North Carolina. And they were noticing, like we're talking about L and D nurses, NICU nurses and stuff. And definitely there's been a lot of whistleblower nurses coming out. I didn't know if you saw it before you left or if you had heard about it from colleagues or if they're just still in denial. And then also I wanna move on even to like, did this wake you up? We know that it didn't wake you up to other vaccines. <laughs> right? <laughs>
3: yeah, definitely did to all that. <laughs> so um, I got fired in November of 2021. So uh, the first day of November. So right. I would say by the time I returned to work in September, like the end of September from maternity leave, because I was off through July through September. Right. Um, I did notice like right around the time I came back, we had a couple of stillbirths. Um, or you know and some weird things happening like every now and then I would say it probably wasn't to the extent that it is now at all but I did notice hearing like some things that were happening that were very you know more so than normal Mm -hmm. um you know having weird things come in like that with maternal outcomes and baby like the new you know stillborns or either a lot more miscarriages um but I didn't work L&D, so I would think they probably saw it a lot more. So I only knew about, because a lot of times they would handle all that anyway over there. We wouldn't even have to, unless the baby was born, you know, in severe distress, I wouldn't even.
1: Well, that's know, true. You're in the NICU, that. not, not yeah. in l But I just didn't know. Yeah. If you um, know you and know. I mean,
3: obviously, I feel like a lot of preterm stuff is related
1: now. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
3: <laughs> and I dealt with preemies for a very long time. So, yeah. Um. you know, we had baby's born at 22, 23 weeks, you know, that I've taken care of. So yeah, that's yeah. a lot. I mean, no one wants to go there about preterm birth, but right. I right. feel now confident that there is a lot of play into the health of mothers and what they're being injected with and all the things. Yeah. too.
2: Well, <laughs> well yeah. and I, have a, I mean, I'll insert this. I have a cousin because I, I feel like it's important moms hear me on this. I have a cousin who got the flu shot with her first baby. I believe she was five months along. She did not want to get it. Her husband was scared and convinced her to get it. No one blames him for this. We all know how this works, right? She got it. And the baby, uh, they lost the heartbeat within a couple of days of the shot, if not two days Within the shot. It was very quick. She knew something was wrong, went in. There was no heartbeat. This is five months along, so that's the baby you felt moving, and you know okay. all the things they did. All the research, what what happened? Did the cord get wrapped? Couldn't find anything. Guess what her doctor said? Don't ever get another flu shot. Mm. Well, I'm and surprised the doctor actually admitted. Are, that. I think she's got a good one. I, I, now I I think maybe he woke up over this. I'm not sure because I know she's got a good pediatrician now, but the and this was in North Carolina, um. But the the her OB had to concede the only connection they had was flu shot and that it was a risk with flu shots. So again, moms, and just hear us out. You know, fear makes us make decisions that maybe we wouldn't make otherwise. And I think getting fully informed um, is, is so, so, so important because I, I had a good friend who was also pregnant during COVID and was terrified and she's, she was not for this, but she kept thinking because her OB kept saying, get the shot, get the shot, get the shot that she needed to do it. But thank God she did it. But anyway, I just say that to say it's not just the COVID vaccine guys. And I know that does not make you an anti vaxxer to say that. We will all tell you we are former vax- vaxers, okay? Yep. We all we all were good little soldiers who did what we were told with our <laughs> kids, okay? But I'm telling you we know different now. Okay, so you got fired in November uh 21 Obviously because you just refused. You, you I think you eventually said, I'm not doing these testing anymore. Yeah, too. I
3: didn't do the test. I had a um I was tired of it. I actually got a group of nurses together that were all very sick of it and we all signed a petition. We tried to present evidence. We did present evidence showing that the testing was not effective to determine illness, you know, and that mm-hmm. it and you don't test healthy people. We I mean we presented tons of research. I have it all in a file. Um mm-hmm. That we presented a research paper showing that PCR testing was not, you know, legitimate for this and that it was flawed and there was no evidence supporting it. And they we've sent it all the way to the president of the hospital. We submitted, you know, the signatures with the nurses and we actually had a rally in front of the hospital with all the hospital workers that refused the shot. And it didn't make a difference at all. How many
2: how many were there, would you say, of you that did that?
3: people from the community and healthcare workers that came there were probably like two to Oh wow to yeah. the hospital that I was at and actually like protested everything that was going on and then um when we submitted like the petition I think we had like 20 some signatures of nurses and um that was just within the hospital nurses and healthcare workers that were like didn't want to get tested any longer. There yeah. were over 250 employees being tested to keep. Wow. That.
2: So that's a lot that we're saying. No, that was, a, that's a lot yeah. that were saying, I'm not doing this. It's a it no.
3: 1500. I mean, it wasn't a huge hospital. Like I said, it was a transport more for my job. It was not completely like a whole, it was a five bed. Like if we had to monitor baby five bed, Nikki, so it was small and the hospital I worked at previously probably had over 20,000 employees. Right. So I had always worked in a bigger hospital and I switched to this when I got pregnant because like for a little bit slower pace because Nikki can be very mm -hmm. very emotional and very demanding, (laughs) you know. So um I had switched to this job like for that while I was pregnant, I I went there. Um and so I had not been an employee here that long. So honestly I was just like, Well, I'm not gonna yeah. do this because I don't even really like y'all's protocols. I don't like yes. your policies and I don't understand why you're doing this to these people. these people some of these people have been here twenty plus years and your employees and you just don't even care. Right. And they didn't they didn't care at all. They could care less about the documentation we sent. The president said he was not he didn't care because they yeah. were getting money from the government. Oh yeah. They were getting paid per you know, to see how many employees they could have vaccinated. Yep. So it's all, it's all there. You can pull it, the data. This is not a lie. This is the truth. They were right. getting pissed. and um, everyone knew it and it was on the internet, you know? Um. So I just told the, you know, I went to um, human resources a couple of times and I talked to them about it and I documented it and I recorded them and stuff like that. And I told them, you know, I was like, I I was just like, this is abuse. Like I was like, y'all are amazing people that yeah. work for you. And of course they didn't see it that way. They were just no. like, we're doing what's best for the community. And we, I, I'm sure you're a danger. Pretty much call me a danger. You know, and, uh, so.
2: well, you just look at the Holocaust, right? And how, how were so many people convinced to hate Jews and to turn them in and to turn in their own fellow citizens who were helping, helping Jews. Like, how do you get to that point? Fear and control and people stop thinking for themselves. And it's just such indoctrination. And, We're actually, we're talking about that. And I want to move towards that for a second because we want to talk about what else you've awakened to, right? But we saw how hard indoctrination works against us, right? When we hold on to a belief so hard, how hard it is to let go of it, right? And many of us have that as parents. Once we start having our children, we start saying, well, of course, I was vaccinated, right? This is what we say, because I was vaccinated before 1986, when they passed the law saying you can't sue a, vac- a, a vaccine maker for injury, and we went from ten shots about to like seventy-two to seventy-six, I think on the schedule right now. If you're now they're adding RSV, mm-hmm. uh, so so and now what have we seen escalate? Okay, and of course they're, everything. They're going to say causation, correlation, BS, whatever. Listen, rates of autism were one in ten thousand when. Uh, when out when we were little, right? Now it's one in 36 boys. Yep. T- somebody better and figure out if it ain't shots, somebody <laughs> ought to care enough to figure out what it is. And all I know is the number one lobbyist in Washington, D.C. that will go to the ends of the earth to keep the truth from coming out because they're the number one lobbyist times two, times two over the next one is Big Pharma. Big Pharma, so, look... And Pharmacide, Pharmacide. Pharma they, got a shirt on.
1: Killing everybody. Exactly. <laughs> and the sooner Tyler. you realize that, the healthier you'll be. The healthier you'll the get. Point. And let me tell you something know. while you're talking about this, Holly, I don't want, I really don't go want ahead. to interrupt. Yeah, no, no, go ahead. But, but, <laughs> no, go. Holly goes off. But um, be careful because, well, number one, they are trying to blame all of it on Tylenol. Now, yeah. I will tell you, Tylenol. Sure, and all it's cracked up to be. So I agree that Tylenol, they knew, they've known the neurological negative effects of this for years. And how many of you who are listening, did your OB actually tell you that Tylenol was good for, that that was safe no. for you to take? Did I, they any risk? Did they tell you that no. it had any risk? No. 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 It was the completely, it was the safest thing, so safe that you can take it in pregnancy and all this stuff. No. They knew. These studies have been out for years. I never knew this. We didn't get taught this in nursing school. So I'm not going to say that Tylenol doesn't have something to do with it because guess what? Guess what the pediatrician tells you to do? Give your baby some Tylenol before or after those shots too. So Mm -hmm. not only are you getting the shots, but you're getting the compounding effect of the Tylenol, which also reduces your glutathione, which also reduces your immune response. So you have to there is correlation, there is. Mm -hmm. We can't prove causation because we're not gonna go do that. That's not ethical to look at that. But you have to know that they're trying to blame it on Tylenol but they will not look at this. Like it's staring you in the damn face yes. and they will condi- deny it till they go to their grave. Yep. That is yeah, exactly funny right.
3: thing though, the mothers that reported after the shot.
2: Yep. That it, their it,
3: child regressed.
2: Mm-hmm. Hundreds of that. thousands of families will tell you their child was fine. Went mm-hmm. to a well visit and then, and the child was not fine. And the wild thing is how many of you would go back, I, I had this happen with my youngest before I really fully woke up. I was awakening, but it fully woke up. Bennett got eczema after a well visit. I think that was his four-shot visit. And he suddenly develops eczema, and I take him back within a week. And I'm like, what is this rash on my baby? They're like, man, huh, we don't know. Mm-mm. you don't know? He was just here. I was like, was there some outbreak of rashes in this office last week that he got? I'm like, what is it? And I was confounded by the fact that they just were like, huh, I don't know. And I'm like, what am I bringing him here for? I'm bringing him here to just get stuck to death. You're listening to his heart and his chest. If he had an earache or a fever or something that really concerned me, I could run to an urgent care and get that handled. Why am I paying to come into this pediatrician's office every six months or three, six, nine, 10, 12 months, whatever it was at the time. And then I realized he's like, I had the awakening. Oh, and then I found out about insurance companies paying the pediatricians to have as many of their patients as possible vaccinated on schedule. So there was a financial incentive for my pediatrician's office, not only to make sure I stayed on schedule, but then to bully those of us who said, no, I don't want to. And then they say, well, then we can't see you. And it's all because, and the the craziness is people still believe measles, mumps, and rubella are going to kill every child. Mm -mm. They don't today. They Mm. don't. I I see people write about this, and I want to go, go pull the actual numbers, ding dong. That's not, like, most people don't die from this anymore. And what we've got to do is go back to treating prevention and treatment. But yep. you can't prevent, you're never going to, it's not going to work. This whole vaccination, vaccinate to protect the community is now, I think, I I understand that now to be more of a myth than ever, right? So, okay, but back to you. I want to know, when did your eyes go to the whole childhood vaccine situation? What made you kind of grow into that, Kristen?
3: Well, my youngest, like I said, was the newborn when all this was happening, the firing. And um, I... Was still taking her to a pediatrician, of course, because I had been questioning it and I started like looking into other stuff and like seeing other people talk about other shots and how they weren't studied either. And I was like, oh, I really need to research this now because I know about this one, but, you know, I need to know about all the others. And my mom had stopped taking flu shots because she had a really bad reaction maybe uh, six, seven years before covid five, six years, and she, had, she got a medical exemption, and she talked to me again about that because my mom and me were both on the same page about this, like, we're not taking this, and um, she was still working at the time, too, and she has a lot of health issues, diabetes, and thyroid issues, and stuff like that, so I actually, even before I got fired, was helping my mom survive in the hospital with COVID, mm. using the frontline protocols, calling the hospital, demanding that they do what I asked. So I was, I mean, I had a newborn, it was hell. It was hell on earth. Okay. So I was trying to help my mom survive a hospitalization where they told her they were going to put her on a ventilator and they were going to kill her. And I was like, you know, it was just a lot. And then having a newborn, I was like overwhelmed. So I started trying to like just research slowly, you know, the other stuff too, because I was just trying to help my mom survive. And this was September when she got really sick with COVID um so she you know she had a medical exemption for flu shots from her job and um so me and her had talked about it some and then we were like maybe we need to start looking into all of them you know and really finding out what's going on like they have hit it you know they had to have yeah. um so we did and then like i said i helped her thank god she was conscious the whole time and she never had to be put on a ventilator because she actually signed the refusal she okay. signed a dr while she was in the hospital. And she was like, "You won't put me on a ventilator." She and the doctors told her she was crazy. It was a lot, and yeah, she had to demand that they only put her on high flow oxygen. And she was like, "I won't go on a ventilator. I won't take remdesivir because I went down that rabbit hole and knew all about that." And yeah, she survived. And she survived. Yeah, she did. She did really well. I had had her on ivermectin for five days before she got hospitalized and i truly believe it saved her life
1: yeah. oh yeah
2: yeah, yeah absolutely. um
3: so yeah and the doctors were like we've never seen anyone as sick as you recover this fast and she was and like, i bet
2: they're baffled
1: i bet they were still baffled weren't mm-hmm.
3: they they were <laughs> like we surely thought you were going to die when you came in the doors because she I mean, her stats were in the 50s oh and they wow. wanted to intubate her right away I mean, God, thank and God. And I was like, no, she's conscious. She, she was like, I don't even feel short of breath. She was like, my sats may be low, but I don't even feel
1: short of breath. And well, that's good. I remember hearing this. Like, it was like the, they wouldn't look as bad as the numbers were showing with yeah. the oxygenation. So it is, I, I swear I remember reading about this because you kept, I kept hearing about so many people having, and that was their criteria like that was their number one oh their o2 sat so like this even though they're awake alert oriented conscious breathing and yeah. then they want to throw them on the ventilator and r- r- disappear, and that is where the downward spiral goes so yeah thank goodness.
3: she could still even walk there I mean, she was still able to get up and walk i mean she was very weak don't get me wrong and she was you know she was weak but yeah. she was still alert oriented all the things talking normally i mean yeah, and as, long as and when they put the oxygen on her, she started responding, you know, just having the high flow on and they did proning and stuff, which was good. She did a lot of proning and, um, you know, they, I mean, she told the doctor I've taken five days of ivermectin and they were like, well, that was stupid because that, that doesn't work. Of course, ah. and she like, whatever <laughs> she was like, that's what I took.
1: Well, I'm and- glad you started looking at the vaccine, the other stuff. Right. So then right. looking at, okay.
3: Yeah. So that kind of awakened me though. And then my youngest was, you know, a baby. So we were really, and after all that, I was really hesitant. I was like at the pediatrician, just like, I don't know if I want to continue this. Like, I was like, i really don't think they're safe and told them that. And they were like, well, if you're not going to continue, we're not going to be able to keep you here. So I yeah. ended up switching to a different pediatrician after her two month shots. Cause she got RSV of course, after her two month shots. Yeah. And they told me that when I took her back the next week, they were like, it was because of her brother. And I was like, he's three, okay, but why would it be just because of her brother that she got RSV? Like, okay, whatever. They're like, well, the kids that are older always give it to the newborn. So I was like, whatever, we're not, you know, I was just mad because she got RSV immediately. Was your your older
2: child sick? Was your older child sick? No. No, They told me because she's around other kids.
1: Yeah, what they'll—I do think that they'll say that kids, just like par- like kids will bring home like a carrier. They're like, a,
3: like if they—they've probably already
1: been exposed at that point. It's kind of okay. like how, you know, like th- this is their first exposure to yeah. holes. Exactly. So I can see them. Saying that, but the fact yeah. that like your baby had just gotten vaccinated and then they get this because what yeah. it, I mean what it's doing we're not necessarily saying the vaccine is going to give you what they got yeah. um it, it suppresses your immune system so then if you are exposed you are going to be more susceptible to getting whatever you're exposed to right,
2: right.
1: yeah
3: so, so I hadn't studied all the other ones yet when she was born but I knew that I was wanting to and it was just a lot going on like I said with my mom being sick and stuff so I was like okay I gotta get there you know it just takes time to try to like get your brain to like start thinking deeper onto it and looking up stuff and um my main goal at that time was just trying to keep my mom alive after she was born um so we got through that and then Probably, like, I switched the pediatrician after the two-month shot because she got sick, and I was just like, I can't keep doing all these shots. Like, we have to, like, slow it down or space it out or do something, and my husband wasn't quite on board. I had been looking up stuff, and he was just like, we still need to do some, and, you know, maybe not as, you know, all at one time. Like, I was like, there's no way that giving all these shots at one time is okay. Like, I never questioned it, though, with my older kids. Like, I remember (laughs) it was almost like I never even thought twice when they were little. Yeah. And I was because I was working in the medical field and I just thought this is what we sh- were supposed to do to protect well, our kids.
2: Vaccines you know? save lives. We're told that that this is, again, what we're trying to drive home. If yes. you're told something over and over and over and over again, you believe it. You it it believe becomes it. your reality. And 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 let me just answer it real quick. If you look up, Kristen, what's the book we're reading? Um, called read? The read. Dissolving illusions. Dissolving illusions. Dissolving right illusions in. walks you through every. You've got it. it. Yeah, it walks you through the childhood vir- diseases. It tells you the history of them, how they were treated then, how we would treat yeah. them now, the things that make kids sick then, the things that make kids sick now, and it will open your eyes to and and help you make an informed decision for your kids and of course turtles all the way down goes through the science or the lack thereof of the safety of vaccines but it's it's exactly what you're saying all four of us know we we took it upon ourselves to read to mm-hmm. read to just read and mm-hmm. people say well the sources that you're let me tell you something the, if the cdc is your source don't talk to me no nope, About no walk away Bye. bye bye bye, bye. <laughs> bye. <laughs> Okay, if you're, we're talking to real medical doctors, real scientists, real experts that have been silenced, that have been that have been demonized by the masses for just going against the narrative. But all you got to do is look around and look at the health of kids today compared to 50 years ago and you tell me. Because you know what, when I was growing up, I didn't even I didn't know any old people that were autistic. I didn't know of one. I knew of one that I grew up with personally. Now my children know multiple 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 children with autism. I I want to ask you, um, yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Oh my gosh.
0: Well, how did you become awake nurse mama? Like what did you do? Like you just, you really like dove in, but then you started sharing on Instagram and obviously you have a huge following. So obviously there are people out there who are awake or waking, waking up. Like, I mean, you're dealing probably every day with people who are you're seeing people transition every single day. I'm sure through your social media page, um, seeing what you're posting and and their eyes are being open to it all. And it's probably just crazy, but like, how did you, when did you start your page and decide that you were going to go public on social media with all this information and how did that kind of explode for you?
3: Yeah. So in, um, probably 22, 2022, I started, um, just playing around on Instagram, (laughs) trying (laughs) to figure it out. One of my friends already was, um, kind of growing her page too and she helped me um to figure out how to get it going and I kind of like rebranded and stuff a couple times I was like I'm gonna do motherhood and like no I changed that and I was like I'm passionate about this so I was like I'm really gonna I don't care if it gets my account censored or if it gets me shadow banned or if it gets me whatever you know I'm just I'm gonna go with it because I everyone was warning me they were like you could lose everything going down this road like you could lose it all and I was like well the truth is worth it to me Mm -hmm. Um, I I will always tell the truth because I'm a believer and I don't speak anything but the truth and regardless you may lose it all but that's what the word says too it says you know speaking the truth you could lose everything throughout time so It's worth it to me to, you know, even if it means I lose my Instagram eventually or whatever, Yeah. Um. it's still worth it to me to help because I've had so many people tell me thank you and just, it's very rewarding, even though it's a tough subject to talk about and see all the injuries and deaths, Um. but it's worth it because you are helping others still. And like I said, and my daughter, the youngest, we did switch to a different pediatrician in December she went at five months old i went late because i wasn't even wanting to go at all because i knew how when i got there i was gonna get gaslight mm-hmm. um, about the shots and not wanting to do them and so i told the pediatrician i was like okay we'll, we'll do one today um and that'll be it so we did one and of course it's not just one it's a combination shot every time they tell you it's just one it's not just one so they gave her the ipv which is a polio combination And I think it was a Prevnar, and it's not a good one. And she got sick again. And so I knew immediately, I was like, okay, she doesn't do well with them. She just doesn't. Like, immediately she got sick every time she was given a shot. So, or multiple shots, obviously, at two months, they give them so many. It's insane. And four months, and six months. And then you hear, you know, and then so she got really stuffy, congested, running fever. Um, I had an outlet on her and I never use those with my other kids. Never. I never thought I needed them. I just was like, that's, you know, What is that? the outlet monitor, mm. the
1: little monitor
3: that go okay. on their yeah. feet, the O2 okay. monitor. Okay. Um, I didn't know what you said. Yeah. yeah. It's like a, I mean, you know, they're not like FDA approved or whatever, but they're 0 O2 monitor. Who cares about the FDA? Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So, um, that I had that on her foot, and I was um, up during the night nursing her, and the monitor, it went off, and I noticed that she felt, like, she felt different, like, she wasn't breathing, she felt really limp all of a sudden, and I started screaming, because I was like, oh, my God, it's going off, like, something's not right, like, it turned red, and it was alarming really loud, and I, sh- I like, turned her over, and I turned on the light really fast, and my husband jumped up, and she was limp and she was, like, turning blue, and I was, like, oh, my God, oh, my God, we're going to have to start CPR, so, like, we, like, vigorous, I did, like, a lot of the Nikki stuff that I did. like, we started vigorously stimulating her feet and rubbing her chest, and I was, like, we're going to start CPR, call 911, and thank God, like, something, I mean, God, obviously, she started to come around and started to pink back up and opened her little eyes, and I just cried because I was, like, what just happened, like, if I hadn't no, had that, that just gave me
1: chills. Like that, literally yeah. could have been a SIDS. That yeah. could have been a SIDS incident. Yeah. And this is one thing we need to remind you. And you may know the exact statistics, because I will say that we've got a lot of great um, resources, but you have some, a lot of great resources compiled. But everybody needs to know that SIDS death, sudden infant death syndrome, the statistics of it happening within the day de- like hours to two days, it's like 48 to 72 hours, right? Mm-hmm. Isn't it like 70 to 80% of SIDS deaths have occurred within 48 to 72 hours of vaccines? Yes, now, I don't know. They
3: occur within two to three days.
1: There you go. So, and then
3: within a week. Was, this was you know, 10 days out. This was 10 days out. But, but I don't
1: so If you had not known that monitor, if you had not had that monitor and had been alerted, it it could, it could have been like an apnea that she could have come out of. We don't know, right. but it could have been something where if you did not, if you were not there to stimulate her, uh, oh my God, that is just, whew, that gave me goosebumps.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I don't care. I told them like, and I'll always write it as, as an injury, as, you know, vaccine injury, because they were like the next day when I took her, they like, oh, it was just a brute is what they call it.
1: Hmm.
3: A brute. If you want to look that up, it'd be R-U-T is what the pediatrician will call it. Okay. And I'm like, oh, that's normal. New, you know, five month olds just stop breathing now? No. No. I was like, she was just here for vaccines a couple of days ago. Right.
2: And they will not ever put that together. They will not ever put that together. Did did children this is it's just it's it's again what we want to do as a podcast is we want to inform people to think for themselves, to go look at it, go take a look. You don't have to agree with us. You don't have to believe that we're right. We have opinions that have been formed over years of looking and reading and researching to where we become more convinced that we're onto something, not less convinced, okay? Mm -hmm. Now, um, but we always are asking ourselves, trust me, we all try to pick apart our opinions all the time so we can figure out what's true. That's what we want to do. So that brings me to really my last question for you, Kristen, which is, what is your goal with having your platform? I mean, obviously, you know, it could be taken away tomorrow. We lost ours um, for saying that the, um, Hep B shot was only tested for, well, we don't know. It was the last thing we posted. Hep B was only tested for five days. It was a court testimony of that being confirmed. So you know, you can lose it. You know that you could lose it. So what is your goal? What is your goal in sharing what you're sharing now as a Wake Nurse Mama on Instagram? Um, I feel
3: like my goal is just to wake as many mamas up and parents as possible and help them to make informed decisions. You know, I mean, truly, I don't tell them what to do. I just inform them and give them the, you know, either my, my story of my three kids, because now I can look back and see that they all were injured in many ways, being sick and having multiple surgeries. And I share the truth about my experiences and just also what I see and research myself through books and through, you know, just many, like you said, many de-platform doctors, because most of them that speak out lose their license, Um, Mm -hmm. you know, showing that if someone speaks the truth about something, obviously, if they're willing to take your license over it, there's something they're hiding, and Mm -hmm. that's what I want parents to see, is that there's a lot being hidden from them, and, you know, they need to realize that the truth is not always easy, you know, to learn. But it's
0: worth mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. That's right. We need more people like you sharing because, you know, what I feel really sad about is the parents who maybe do want to learn, they do want to research, and they go to Google and they're like, I have, I have a weird gut feeling. I don't know if I want to get my kid vaccinated. Let me just look it up. They're not gonna find what they're not gonna find the truth, you know? And it's they're high it's not on Google. It's not on Google. It is going to be through, you know, research of people like you and, and books and things that are going to be suppressed, censored, not the top couple Google searches. And so got to make sure that if you are trying to learn and trying to educate yourself, you can't just go to these to Google,
1: <laughs> you yeah, know, and you can't even go to your doctor. You can't even or your ask doctor. Doctor or your doctor. Yeah. I asked, uh, we were going through a similar thing. We didn't have a newborn, but we had the five year kindergarten. Um, Well, well visit right around the right around the COVID time. So and that's when I had done research and I asked the nurse practitioner there about more. I said, do you have more information? I'm sure I'm not the only mom that wants to learn a little more. Cause I was like, I know I've got two kids. This is my third, but I've always had a gut feeling. Now I've done more research. And I said, and it's not on any blogs. This is on actual, this is actual studies that I brought to her. And she had nothing to give me except the vaccine inserts. And I'm going to go ahead and tell you, once you read the inserts, show me one mama, one daddy, one grandmama, one granddaddy, anybody who has read the vaccine insert and still got your baby injected. Mm -hmm. I want to hear it. I want to challenge anybody to go read the insert that they don't give you and then see if you still make the same decision. But your doctor is not going to tell you that. And she couldn't even answer my questions on, well, what if I don't? What if I don't? She said, let me get the doctor to, uh, I'll get the doctor to tell you or call you or let you know. I was like, that'd be great. So I'm going to decline for now. I didn't refuse. Never heard back from them. But you can't ask the doctor because what they're going to do is say, according to the CDC, according to the CDC, yeah. screw the CDC. Yeah. They are lying to you. And if there's anything that we've learned they over the past few years, we That's definitely awesome. can't trust them. And unfortunately, Never. I think that maybe they used to be like it's and the FDA, it, they used to, they were formed for a bet for a, good intentions, but yeah. that those intentions and, and the execution has gone way out the window. It is yeah. completely swayed and completely corrupt now. But I think what's really important to redirect back to you, Kristen, is that you're doing a lot of like what we've even done. It's like your passion now to share this information and put it all together for people who are looking for this. She has done the work and we can't also depend on people like her. You still need to go do the work too. Don't take everything that we say, go look at it and go find your own research. But you have some great resources and we'll add that in our substack. Kristen, because I do a Substack with every episode and have all of our resources. So anything you want to share or anything that you can share with us, I'll add it in there and, and get them back over to your page and to your, to your links. Okay. Yeah,
3: I, definitely, I just created a new guide yesterday on my um, milkshake. So you can, that can be put up there for people. It's like get some of the websites I use and some of the podcasts. I like the
1: how are. Um, yeah. Oh, yes. Oh, yes, we love The
3: High Wire. <laughs> yeah, I <laughs> like that one in the vaccine conversation. There's so many things you can listen to and there's yeah. so many books. There's so many books. Dr. Yeah.
2: Dr. Paul Thomas, who we, he's actually like to call him our friend now, but Dr. Paul Thomas was pivotal for him. Us. as a pediatrician mm-hmm. who told the truth about what him. was happening in his practice. Yeah. And oh, we love him. We love him so much. But him, uh, The High Wire, he has one that's called With the Wind, The High Wire, um, like you said, vaccine conversations, you can go and listen. And what's good about these places is you can then go find the resources that they're just like we do with our Substack. So if you don't subscribe to our Substack, we're going to tell you to go do it because we're going to connect you back to Kristen right there. Awake Nurse Mama is on Instagram. You can go find her right now. We'll connect you back to her so you can see her resources as well. But I think what everybody's trying to do is just give you the evidence, mom, dad, grandma, grandpa, whoever, future mom, dad, future grandparents, give you the evidence so you can read it for yourself, make up your own mind about what's best for you and your kid, but just don't blindly trust anyone anymore. Kristen, thank you so much for being on with us and for sharing your story and for having the courage and bravery to go spread the message, even if it might cost you, because like you said, that's what we're here to do. We're here to tell the truth, right? So thank you so much for being with us. All right, everybody. We'll see you next time. Bye, y'all. Bye-bye.
1: Thanks.
0: Oh, oh,